Okay. We're starting today a, a study through the book of Philippians. It's one of my favorite uh, letters from Paul. It's just such an encouraging uh, letter. And he just, you know, is full of love, full of uh, affection, full of rejoicing, and, mm -hmm. and full of getting our focus on the Lord and off of things. And the ironic thing is that it was all written from a, a prison cell. Whatever the, the condition of the prisons were back then, I'm sure they were a lot worse than they are today. But, uh, but just you know, just the fact that, that Paul was in this situation and yet he was so full of joy uh, because of the Lord. So it's, it's just really an amazing book. I uh, just wanted to go through some of the details, first of all, in the history of the church at Philippi. And uh, so the, the book of Philippians was, of course, written to the church in Philippi. Uh, the church was founded by Paul and his co-laborers, Silas, Timothy, and Luke, on his second missionary journey in response to a God-given vision at Troas. Uh, that's in Luke, Acts chapter 16, verses 9-40. through 40. We won't read the whole thing, but, but God uh, spoke that they should go uh, through a vision that Paul had of a man from Macedonia saying, Come over here and help us. Uh, so they, they started that journey and, and they went to Philippi, which was a major city in the district of Macedonia. Uh, so they went there, began to minister, stayed a while. They met a woman named Lydia uh, who, who made uh, purple cloth, I believe that's what it was. Mm -hmm. And uh, she invited them into her home. She got mm -hmm. saved. Uh, this is where they cast a spirit out of a woman that had been following them around and and mocking them, and uh, and Paul uh, turned around and, and cast the spirit out of her, and and those people that made money from her got angry about that. Uh, Paul and Silas got thrown into prison. Uh, this is where they were jailed, and at midnight they were singing hymns to the Lord, and all of a sudden the earthquake took place, and the you know prison bars flew open, and the jailer ran in, and they and he got saved, and his family, that this, this all took place there. Uh, Paul had a very strong bond with the church there. He went and back and visited several times. Uh, like we said before, the letter was written from prison, and most likely in Rome, where he was imprisoned around 62 AD. The purpose of the letter was to thank them for their recent gift uh, and to update them on his present circumstances. Um, and, you know, not a bad thing, but a good thing. As mm -hmm. He tried, tried to reassure them. He wanted to reassure them that God had a plan through his imprisonment and to encourage them to press on in their knowledge of the Lord. Uh, and that's one thing he really emphasized, and, and I really get out of the book of Philippians, is the desire to grow in the knowledge of the Lord and the value of of knowing Christ, and, and he just he makes that abundantly clear in this book, mm -hmm. and uh, it just it really helped me when I was uh, growing in the Lord was you know to count everything else as rubbish or garbage mm -hmm. in comparison to that uh, knowledge of Christ. Um, a lot of Paul's letters are letters of correction that he's writing to churches mm -hmm. to address certain problems that are going on in the church. This letter doesn't really have that tone. Uh, like many of his letters, but there's a lot of affection, a lot of appreciation for their ministry, their partnership in the ministry, their help of him, their you know the, the gifts that they provide. Uh, he does address a few minor issues in the church, uh, from which we get good teaching about joy, humility, and service, and again the surpassing value of knowing Christ. So that's kind of the background of of. Uh, of where we're starting at in Philippians. That's Paul's addressing the Philippian church, and in Philippians 1.1, 1, 1, uh, he says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now his greeting included Timothy uh, because... Timothy was very familiar to the Philippian church, but there's no evidence that Timothy played any role in writing the letter. Uh, in fact, you know, because of all the words of the letter, it's pretty clear that... 
So we're not who we used to be, but we are something else by Christ's name and by the Holy Spirit. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6.11, uh, Paul listed some of the things you know, of the flesh and some of the things that we used to be as sinners. And he says, and that is what some of you were, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. So... As Paul is addressing saints, that you know we need to see ourselves as that we are saints in the Lord. We're not perfect, uh, and the only reason we are saints is because of the blood of Christ. But but we need to recognize that that's who we are. You know, we're not just living lives as sinners any longer. We we've been transformed. We're new creations. Amen. So Paul is addressing the believers. He also mentions the overseers or the pastors and deacons of the church. Uh, so he's addressing the believers and the leaders of the church in Philippi. Okay, and that's basically just his, uh, his greeting to them. So he goes on to say in verse 3, I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you, always praying with joy for all of you in my every prayer, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. So Paul had a special relationship with this church. They really took on the gospel, they really participated in ministry with Paul, so he was, he was recalling that. Um, his special relationship with this body of believers gave him joy because of their active participation. Amen? There, there, there's no greater joy in a pastor's heart, at least from experience, than people that are actively participating in ministry with them. Amen? Especially when you preach the word and you look out there and you're wondering if people are awake. <laughs> Uh, or listening to you, uh, but when you have that active participation, that makes it a lot better, and it, and it brings great joy because you see that your ministry is bearing fruit. And I, I think that's what Paul is referring to: is that you know there's so much fruit being born from this ministry, and he's saying there's, that brings me such joy. They helped advance the gospel within their region, and they partner with Paul financially to help spread the good news. He talks later on about gifts that they gave uh, to help. Uh, to help him in his situation and also to help in the work of the ministry. Uh, so Paul tells them that he is constantly praying for them. Um, you know, I, I can only imagine what Paul's prayer life was like. Uh, he had, I mean, he just had to constantly be in prayer. And, and, and so many churches that he began, and so many people that he ministered to, and his desire was to constantly keep them lifted up in prayer. And that's such an important part of ministry is intercessory prayer. Uh, that we pray for one another, that we pray for those that we minister to. You know, it's it's not enough just to go out and, and speak an encouraging word to somebody, but we continue to lift them up with our prayers. I mean, there's a spiritual aspect to ministry that goes beyond just our words, uh, and, and Paul understood that, and, and that's why he was telling them, my, you know, you are always in my prayers. Uh, it's especially important that we pray for our church and other ministries that are close to our hearts. Uh, whenever, whenever I think, I mean, there's still ministries that uh, I've been involved with in the past that I continue to pray for, that I continue to lift up, uh, and just just pray that God will continue to bless. Uh, it's such an important thing. Amen. Uh, and you know, missionaries. There's missionaries that that I've heard speak or that have really touched my heart that I, I keep lifting up because you know I know what they go through. Uh, so so whenever we are involved in our church, you know, the, our prayers for our church are so important. It's so imperative that we, that we lift up our church, our pastors, the leaders of the church, the body. Um, you know, that's, that's one spiritual aspect that we can be a part of. You know, sometimes people say, well, you know, I'm not a preacher and I'm not a singer and, and uh, I'm not a teacher and I just don't feel like there's really much that I can do. Well, prayer is a powerful thing that we can do in our church. And uh, it's such an important thing, and I don't think sometimes that we understand the, the importance of it. Amen? Uh, we should joyfully pray for other Christians. Why? Because they are all a part of us, the same body of Christ. And again, it's just a matter of spiritually seeing something, that, that we belong to each other, that we're part of each other, that when one part suffers, we all suffer, that when one part rejoices, we all rejoice. You know, like Paul said about the body. And when we see that, then... then it really encourages us to lift each other up, uh, especially with our prayers. Amen? Um, it's not always the easiest thing to do. It's not always the most convenient thing to do. But it is.
but think of it this way. Paul is writing this letter from prison. Okay? He's not sending them complaints. He's not griping or, or moaning about his situation. What he should be doing is begging for their prayers. You know, Please pray for me. You, you don't understand the situation I'm in. But that's not what he's doing. He's saying, my prayers are constantly being lifted up for you. So in spite of his situation, you know, sometimes we get busy and sometimes we have our own problems and we go, well, we, I, just, I just can't think of, of anybody else right now. I'm just so you know, bottled up with my own stuff. But even then... You know, it's so important that we keep others lifted up. And, you know, one thing that does, it takes our focus off of what's going on in our own lives. Uh, when we focus on other people and, and their needs, then it really makes ours seem maybe a lot less significant. Uh, so, so that's kind of the perspective that, that he has there. Um, we are partners, so we should depend on each other spiritually, physically and financially. We need each other, and it's what makes the body work. Uh, so, you know, and, and you see this acted out in the church a lot of times. People that are in need have their needs met through the church. Amen? People that are down are encouraged by other people in the church. Uh, people that are struggling spiritually are, are guided by the pastors or, or by somebody else in the church. And that's, that's an important part of the body. Uh, a picture of that is in Acts chapter 2, uh, Talking about the early church, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Uh, that, you know, that was a major, integral part of their, of their operating. Uh, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. That, that doesn't mean they, they all liked the same color and they all had the same hobbies. It just means that, that as far as what their focus was, it was, it was single-minded. It was on Christ. It was on advancing the gospel. They had that in common. That's a powerful bond for us. Amen? They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. So the fruit of their joy and their agreement and their prayer and their togetherness was that the Lord was adding to their numbers. When you see a church that's truly doing that, then the community recognizes that. And they go, man, you know, they've got something I want. And, you know, God begins to add to that as, as that... Uh, you know, when you go into a church, though, and, and nobody greets you, and, and you just don't feel the love, and you just feel like you're another number there, and you're, you're just getting through some kind of a, of, a, uh, of a show, you know, and then you leave and go home, there, that, that's a big difference. Amen? As far as the church, we need to, to be that integral operating body, not just going into a church and, and singing three songs and hearing from the pastor and having announcements. That, you know, that's, that's something that we do on Sundays, but there's a reason for that. But beyond that, daily, every day, we're praying for each other. We're meeting together, maybe in some different ways. Maybe different ministries are meeting together. And we're building each other up in the body. That's such an important part of a, of a church. And, and Paul is, is admonishing that, them in that. Togetherness is what true Christianity looks like. Amen? There's enough disunity in the world today there doesn't need to be disunity in the church. Uh, but there is a lot of that. And we need to get beyond that. Alright, so Philippians 1.6, Paul says, I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Now again, Paul is still addressing the work and the partnership and the ministry of the Philippian church. Okay? And he's saying, you know, I'm confident God began this good work in you. I'm confident that he'll carry it on to completion uh, right up until the day when Jesus returns. Right up until the, you know, the, the day of the Lord. Uh, even though Paul helped establish the ministry, he recognizes that it's the Lord who really began the good work. Amen? Uh, you know, no pastor is the head of the church. Christ is the head of the church. He's the one that that causes the growth. He's the one that causes the increase. He's the one that, that carries on the work. He's the one that begins the work. Amen? And uh, probably you go...
And it's going to be... Okay. Yeah. All right. So, um, Paul had confidence in them and in God that he would carry on their work to completion right up until the day of Jesus' return. Now, it shows a twofold confidence. Number one, Paul had confidence in God, of course, that he would that he began the work and that he would carry it on to completion. But he's also expressing confidence in them and their faithfulness, because of their faithfulness, that the work would continue. Amen? Uh, it's not enough for God to carry on a work in the church. We all have to be a part of carrying on that work. We all have to be faithful to the work of the church. Otherwise, it will die. You know, otherwise it will go downhill. You know, just as much as our relationship with Christ is a covenant and that we have a part to play in living for Christ and, and obeying Christ, the church has a part in a covenant with Christ in being His body to this world and being the hands and feet and working together, you know, as a well-oiled machine, everyone doing their part, building up the body in love and, and making it grow and mature. So... You know, so God plays his part in that, but every one of us play a part in that in our faithfulness and in our willingness to minister and our willingness to love each other and our willingness to pray for each other like we just talked about. Amen? Um, so his confidence was not only in God who is faithful to begin and complete good works in us, but also in their faithfulness and their zeal to fight the good fight of faith. You know, because even in, in Philippi, uh, there wasn't just freedom to proclaim the gospel everywhere. They were suffering persecutions. They were suffering, you know, those types of things that everyone in the whole region was suffering because of the Roman Empire, uh, because of, of some Jews that stirred up trouble for Paul, and those types of things were happening. Uh, so it, it behooves us all, even in this age, uh, to stay faithful, to fight the good fight of faith, to fight, you know, we've talked about this before, but to... Uh, to contend for the faith, to keep the truth of the gospel out there because there is so much deception. Amen? So it, it takes us, I guess uh, it takes a village to coin a phrase. Right. <laughs> but God's faithfulness is always there for all believers. Praise God for that. Amen? Second Timothy 2.11, Paul says, Here is a trustworthy saying, If we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. But if we are faithless, he remains faithful because he cannot disown himself. So God remains faithful in our lives, even if we're faithless. You know, praise God for that. Because sometimes we, we don't have the faith. Sometimes we don't live the life. But God remains faithful. Amen. And if he began a good work in you, then he's carrying on that work. I mean, he depends on you to participate in that work. He depends on you to participate in that relationship. But your lack of faithfulness doesn't negate his faithfulness to you. And that's an awesome thing we can be glad about. Amen? Yeah. All right. <laughs> I get this magazine. Um, it's, it's the Billy Graham magazine. And I wasn't really able to read it, but I kind of skimmed it. And there's an article in there about the conditions in the world today, the, uh -huh. how God has stepped back from this nation. It's like you have chosen not to believe, uh -huh. so see how this works out for you. But that if we want to see genuine change, it's not going to come through the White House, it has to come through the church. That's and true. It, it, I'm sorry, I didn't hear the, what you it said. Is the, the change in our nation to combat the, the lawlessness and the sin will not come to the White House, it will come to the church. Oh, definitely. And that, that yeah, we need to... That we need to remember. You it's know. us. Yeah, right. that's right. It, it's it, really up to us, not, you know, I certainly need to, you know, we try to elect people, mm -hmm. you know, we try to elect people that would be uh, sympathetic to the to the gospel, right, and so on. I mean, that's a part of it, but mm -hmm. the, just the, the God didn't commission governments. In fact, governments, you know, when Christ came to this earth and during the early church, the government was against, uh, totally against, uh, the spread of the gospel, and and yet it. When did Pentecost? When you know? When did it flourish? During the Depression. 
right? When things were were, were difficult, uh, is when it you know when it really uh, blossomed. Uh, is is when, when Pentecost really blossomed was mm -hmm. under duress, right? And always happens. It seems like it always happens because people have to depend upon God, right? Rather than you know, rather than the good times or mm -hmm. that or, or governments, yeah. right? That's so true. Yeah. So we're really, yeah. Uh, sometimes it's a detriment when you have the government. Um, you know, when things are too good, because then people depend upon the flesh right. and the things in the flesh and prosperity rather than depending upon the Lord for the for our provision. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. Well, we have been been so blinded. I think the church and and that consists of individuals mm -hmm. is that we look now and we see. Well, how did this happen? When it said in this one of these articles that that there have been 60 million children aborted since Roe Ro versus Wade. Yeah, wow. I mean, 60 million human lives have been just snuffed out, and that that not only sin is so prevalent, it is celebrated. It has everybody's. It's good. This is right. This is what we need to do, and and. It didn't happen. Just we didn't wake up one morning and there it was. It it happened a little by little. Right. And and as it encroached, we kind of, I guess, looked away. Or it happened so subtly, or that we didn't realize, didn't do anything. And now all of a sudden, it's like, what has happened? Well, I I really think that, from what I've been able to see, that uh, people are beginning to wake up. Yeah. Uh, you know. You you did you're you're hearing today um, if you watch the news and so I, you're hearing today that there are people beginning now to uh, desire for Roe versus Wade to be reversed yeah. again. Mm -hmm. So it's you know so uh, so evidently things are beginning at least at least it, before you know it was thought to be impossible, right. but now it's beginning to come into the realm of possibility. Mm. So um, I think we need to be kind of encouraged now yeah. to say, you know, things, well, just like we said previously, at the inception of this, I think we're in kind of a new era. Yeah, mm -hmm. I We're in, a, in, a, in yeah. kind of a new era, mm -hmm. and uh, that we have, you know, uh, really we got our Jehu. That's in there, yeah. And uh, you know, and and he is pro-life at this, yeah. you know. Right. And he and that's a big reversal for him. Mm -hmm. He was not pro. He was not a pro-life person right. as an individual. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and so he's evidently been influenced. So now's the time, I think, that uh, we need to take courage. Yeah. And be bold. Yeah. You know. Um, so I think that. I'm mean, I'm kind of encouraged that uh, you know things can uh, you know things are getting things are getting done right things are beginning to get done yeah um, and because you know he doesn't he's not there to um, to push his political uh, agenda mm -hmm. he wants to see, he wants to see a return when he's remember he wants to see a return. To uh, where the uh, well, he says the people would once again rule. Well, you know, I, I tell you, <laughs> only the right people do, do I want to see. Yeah. Right, yeah. Only the right people do I want to see have their influence. Uh, I'm not, I'm not that, you know, general. Mm -hmm. But uh, it appears like that uh, it has stimulated some boldness. Yeah, that's true. It stimulates some boldness. You're mm -hmm. starting to see some boldness exhibited. Right. So praise God. Uh, uh, I guess we need to now seek the Lord to see what part that we are should play mm -hmm. in that. Yeah. And that the church in general should play, you know, mm -hmm. play to to forward God's agenda. Right. Yeah, because as God begins to open doors, we need to go through those doors. Exactly. You know, we need to take advantage of those opportunities. You know that we have to to make something happen. Um, we need to. Uh, we need
opportunity to get a couple of resignations. Right. And um, deaths. And 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 he said of deaths. Well, that's, not, well, that's one, one way or the other. Right. Um, <laughs> but that's what we need to see. We need yeah. to, we, you know, if, if that gets turned around, uh, you know, the the most important thing basically that in in our nation right now is to get that high court uh -huh. reversed. Yeah. To, that's the that's the most important thing because that will determine the 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 tempo of things in years to come. Right. If well, the I mean, Lord should tarry. Yeah, because you're seeing more and more all the time that courts are pretty much the ones making the decisions for everything now. Well just right yeah. now they're yeah. Going, yeah. yeah and the and the liberal courts are the ones that are stopping uh you know things right. any kind of reversals that that you know we need to have right mm -hmm. so it's it's the federal uh, it's the federal courts in these various California especially mm -hmm. it's become yeah, extremely liberal yeah. um, big hindrance mm -hmm. somebody said that the, they're on a verge of civil war mm. uh, I, you know well I would say just let them go <laughs> yeah you know really right I yes. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If they want to, yeah. they want to secede. You know, let them secede with our blessings. Right. But with all the wildfires and the the mudslides and the yeah, you would think oh, that, that uh, and I think that I, I think that may well be. Yeah. You know, I think that may well be a sign. Mm -hmm. Could be. I think it may well be a sign that um, of, of God's displeasure. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, that's true. But you know what, what Pastor was saying. You know what Paul is saying throughout chapter one is he's trying to encourage the believers. You know he's talking about their faithfulness. But then what we're about to see is he go, he goes on to say, you know, because of my imprisonment, more people have been emboldened to share the gospel than before. You know, mm -hmm. we need to take that up. We we begin to see what God is doing, and that emboldens us to take the mantle and, and move it forward too. And you know that's what we need to be doing as as a, as Christians in this country, is being bold. You know we see God moving, we see His working and His faithfulness. So we need to join in that. Amen. So God remains faithful to begin and continue work in us, but our cooperation with Him brings success. Amen. Uh, this is our part of the covenant. He, Christ, is the head of the body, but we are the body. So we have to be His. You know, like they say, we have to be as hands and feet in this world. Um, our living out God's plan for us cannot just be a one-sided relationship, right? We can't just be sitting here waiting for God to do something. Sometimes mm -hmm. we've got to get up and do something. Mm -hmm. Not sometimes, all the time. Oh. We need to be at least praying uh, for one another. It's so, so important. Too many people in the church are just spectators and not participators. And we were talking, me and Pastor were talking about the other, the other day. In most churches, it's a very small percentage of the church that does everything. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it shouldn't be that way. We should all be working together, doing our part. Uh, this is why churches struggle. And this is why the church as a whole struggles, because we're not being faithful. It's not because God isn't faithful. Mm -hmm. It's because we aren't faithful to keep working and living for Him. But God's work in our lives will not stop right up to the very end. Amen? That's one good bit of good news for us, is that God's not going to stop working in us. He's not going to stop drawing us or uh, working things out and working in our lives and working His plan right up to the day of Christ Amen. Jesus. Amen? Amen. Uh, he doesn't give up on us. We shouldn't stop short either. Paul says in Galatians 6, 9, Let us not get tired of doing good, for we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. Um, mm -hmm. We can't give up the fight. Uh, like Pastor said, there was a time when it seemed like there would be no way that Roe versus Wade could be reversed. But we don't give up just because of the way things seem. Mm. We continue to pray, we continue to press forward, and then eventually we reap the harvest. And uh, I had a little thought, just kind of to share real quickly. Is mm -hmm. you know, Paul's in prison? Right. Things are certainly not quite well for him. <laughs> right. Right. No. But look how upbeat he yeah. is yeah. in the midst yeah. of all of this. Right. How that he is rejoicing in what God is doing in this work that mm -hmm. he he struggled to get started. Uh, you know, 
she basically was the home, and in a lot of churches, by the way, got started that way. I was sharing yeah. with, with uh, Pastor Shane that the church there in Courtney, that this is a mission of, that church got started in Charlie, Paul Cheek, in Charlie's uh, grandfather's home. Mm -hmm. That's where the church got started, Amen. you know, and so on. And, and of course, it, it flourished right. and, and, and grew and so on, even though it was very colloquial at first, mm -hmm. you know, and, and so on. But, but look at this. He's in that kind of situation, but he's rejoicing, and, uh, and he's telling these people, too. One of the thoughts is he's instructing them to maintain that joy. Right. Yes. When you lose the joy, oh, yeah. you, lose, you lose the impetus. Yeah, that's right. You know? Um, yes. You know? And one of the things I noted early on in the church, I've got the you know I got the blessing of being able to see the early uh, fruits of Pentecost. The people in the midst of the very difficult times and the depression and the persecution, Pentecostals were persecuted, mm -hmm. and they were you know they were thought of as inferior right. and so on. And that those people were filled with joy. Mm -hmm. When you went into yeah. their homes, yeah. it, you know, there was it was joy. Right. They had very little, uh, yeah. you know, but but they were a joyful people. Mm -hmm. What did they have? And that's a, attractive. Yes. Yeah, that's attractive is. when a person is full of joy and not down in the mouth all the time. Um, you know, who wants to? I don't want to be like that. Right. No, and I don't want fake joy either. No. Yeah, I want no. the joy of the Lord. Exactly. Remember Brother D'Angelo? What was his what was the his favorite thing? The joy of the Lord is my strength. Right. Amen. And you know when you get down in the mouth, you get down. But whenever if you if you uh, uh, cultivate cultivate that joy, you know. And you begin, he tells us how he tells us how that joy is is kept alive mm -hmm. as the things that we think upon. Right. And he tells us in here what you think upon. If if you think about all the bad stuff, it's going to get you down. Yeah. You're right. going to go down. Yeah. Okay? That's true. Okay. But if you think about the grace of God, the grace of God, and you know how did yeah, he? You know he blessed you in spite of you yes. and all. You know. Um, that His grace and you know and how His forgiveness, then you're going to have that. It's going to strengthen you, okay, not just for yourself, but it's going to strengthen you to propagate the yeah. good news. You know, it's, it's, it'll be contagious. It is. Yeah, it's like it's like the scripture we read about the early church. It said they were daily meeting together. They were taking meals together, and that said with gladness and sincerity of heart. They weren't fake joy. They weren't gritting their teeth while they smiled at each other. They, right. they were actually getting along with each other and they were encouraging each other in the Lord. They were, they were talking about the Word, talking about the Apostles' teaching, being amazed at His miracles. Mm. Uh, you know, and, and we need to do that as Christians when we get together. We don't just talk about you know, who's in the playoffs and, and the weather and all that kind of stuff, but we need to talk about the Lord yeah. and encourage each other in the Lord. And uh, you know that this is kind of what Paul's doing right Praise now. God. Amen. 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 Let's go on. Verse seven. He says, "Indeed, it is right for me to think this way about all of you, because I have you in my heart, and you are all partners with me in grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how deeply I miss all of you with the affection." Of Christ Jesus. So again, Paul is expressing his affection for these Philippian believers. Uh, they had partnered with him from the beginning. Uh, you know, amazing things happened to him there. Uh, and even now that he was in prison, they were still ministering to his needs. They had sent uh, Epaphroditus to him uh, with a gift, and, and they had ministered to his needs, and, and he was expressing his joy over that. Uh, God's grace and blessing to him was due in large part to their action towards him. I mean, when, when you go out and you minister to somebody in need, that makes a difference in their life. Amen? Uh, when someone otherwise would be down because somebody came and lifted them up, it changes their lives. Uh, we don't realize sometimes that kind of impact that we have on people's lives by just reaching out to them. You know, they could have had a large part of his attitude in writing this letter back. You know, you, you, I mean, you just never realize the impact that you're making.
Um, he truly missed being with them since his imprisonment prevented it. He couldn't go see them. He didn't have the freedom uh, to visit them, and, and he really wanted to. He was expressing that to them. But his love and affection towards them stayed strong. The saying goes, out of sight, out of mind, right? Mm -hmm. But this is why prayer and intercession is so important for Christians. Amen? Mm -hmm. This is why it's important that you know even if you're not uh, a part of a ministry and you haven't been for a while, that your prayers continue to go up to them. Even if you haven't seen another believer in Christ in, in a couple of months, because you're praying for them, you stay close to them. They stay on your mind. They stay in your heart. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and again, it's just, it's just another important part of why intercessory prayer is so important. Because it keeps them close to us, not physically. You know, Paul couldn't be close to them physically, but man, you could tell how much he loved them spiritually. And that, and that was in, due in large part to his constant prayers for them. They always stay close to his heart. Amen? Uh, we don't spend a lot of time with each other, you know, even in church. Maybe we get to see each other, what, an hour and a half mm -hmm. once a week. There's a lot of people that I don't see except for that. Uh, but, you know, God has impressed it on my heart to pray for everybody in this church mm -hmm. every day. So it, that keeps me in close relationship with them. You know, and when I talk to them on the phone or when, when I see them outside of church, it does bring me joy because I've been lifting them up with my prayers. Amen? That's, mm -hmm. It's just an important part. How can we grow in relationship with one another? Because we lift each other up spiritually through prayer when we're apart. And we celebrate with each other when we come together. Amen? Mm -hmm. I mean, just think about that. And, you know, maybe we, we see each other once a week, but what if we prayed for each other all week? Think about the joy that we would have coming back together with each other and sharing testimonies and sharing the goodness of God and encouraging each other, saying, man, I, I prayed for you all week. How are you doing? You know, think about how different that would be than if we just so, oh, hi, how you been since last week? You know, I haven't seen you in seven days. You know, but, but we need that spiritual connection. Amen. It's so important in the church. Um, this is only possible because of the love of Christ, because it's His love that keeps us together. Amen. Uh, apart from Christ, there would be no reason for me to have an intimate relationship with all the people that come to this church, right? I mean, apart from Christ, you know, why would I? Why would I love everybody here? Not everybody's that lovable. I'm not that lovable, you know. But in Christ and through His love, man, my love for everybody grows and, and continues and, and strengthens because of His love. Amen. He, I mean, that's, that's the command He gave to us. A new command I give to you. Love one another, even as I have loved you, so you should love one another. That's, I mean, that didn't stop with the disciples. He wasn't just instructing them on something temporary. Of course. That was His command for the church. Exactly. Love one another as I have loved you. That's Hallelujah. such an important part. Yes, Amen? It it's so important to pray for everyone in the church as you are able. Uh, Paul says in Ephesians 6, 18, Pray at all times in the Spirit with every prayer and request, and stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. Uh, you know, and as, as Pastor talked about it in his message, that part of that supplication is battling the enemy. You know, because Satan's attacking people in this church. And part of our prayers is battling that. You know, coming against that. Uh, coming against oppression, coming against, you know, frustrating his plans for bringing it down the church and dividing the church. You know, that's part of our prayers in the spirit, is that we're coming against that and 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 praying for unity, praying for love to continue. Man, this is this is important. I mean, it's so important. And Satan, and, and Satan wants to to, to destroy. He does. He, he does. he does. He wants to alienate us from each other. He, he does. He wants to alienate us from each other. Right. You know, it seems that, that we need to realize the importance, though, of allowing ourselves to be known. Yeah. People come, and, and they're there, and then they're gone, but nobody really knows them. You know, you see them, and you know their name, but you have no idea what's going on. Everybody's got their masks in place. Mm -hmm. We need to really know each other. In yeah, order we do. to really pray. Yeah. How, you know, I, it's so much easier to pray for someone that you know than say, well, pray for Joe Smith over there and he goes down to whatever church or 
whatever. Remember, Jesus you know, Jesus had compassion. Well, let's face it, in his case, he knows everybody. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because he knows everybody. Yeah. He, you know, and in fact, the word says that the day will come when we will know as we are known. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we will know as we are known. Yeah. So, um, you know, he was effective. Right. Uh, he prayed for the disciples. Remember, he I will, he said he was going to pray for them, but he knew them. Right. He knew all their idiosyncrasies. He knew what old Peter was like, mm -hmm. and his you know, right. kind of a loud mouth, and mm -hmm. you know, and he knew old Timothy was an old doubter, mm -hmm. and you know, yeah. he, you know, he knew John was a lover. Yeah. Uh, you know, he knew all of that. He knew that. And then he said he would he would pray for them, mm -hmm. he, and he specifically said that he was going to pray for Peter. Yes. Yeah, and and part of what the, his Paul's prayer, and we're going to get into that, is sometimes when you're praying for somebody, God will give you discernment. He'll show you what to pray for for that person. Especially if you're praying with Holy the Spirit. Spirit. Yeah, because yeah. the Holy Spirit is part of the Godhead and is mm -hmm. as omniscient as is omniscient, yeah. and so. He'll make intercession right. through, as the Bible even says, He makes intercession yeah. through us Amen. Yeah. with groanings. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that uh, you can't, you don't, you can't even utter it. Right. You Amen. don't have a, a vocabulary to utter mm -hmm. what you really feel for that for that person. Right. Yeah. But that's a person. But you, that's who you want to pray for you right. when you in trouble. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you want that's one of, right. You want one of those people to. You want yeah. one of those Amen. people to really pray for you. That's that, right. That has that kind of. Yeah, uh, not just a half-hearted mission. Right. To compassion. Yeah. And um, you know, and, and uh, I've been uh, speaking to some people, and one of the things that's, is, that I think there's a, a desire. For us to get together as a church mm -hmm. on a regular basis, maybe not every week, but uh, on a regular basis, maybe on a Sunday evening uh, when we're not having something, and and pray. Yes, amen. And just just pray and 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 have a specific uh, a specific you know, thing to pray about, mm -hmm. like for the church. Yes, that we would have an impact in our community. Right. And that if there, that Satan's power would be broken over disunity and so on. Mm -hmm. And I think we're going to try to do that here directly. Amen. So you get you know, and, and, and people that are really interested and yeah. want to do that. Yeah, definitely. We're going to really want to pray. Pray for our loved one. Yeah. The, the first thing is, in the Lord, and I shared it Sunday morning, mm -hmm. is the first thing is our unsaved loved ones. Yes. Yeah, so Those that are not really intimate with the Lord are unsaved. I think we need to uh, have compassion. I'm hurting when I have a loved one that's not yeah. saved. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Lois Ann lost a cousin. She, we didn't know it until recently. She died in March. Okay. She's been on her heart, on Lois Ann's heart. Uh, and uh, she uh, she's knew her when they were kids. She had invited her to church. Los Angeles invited her to church. Her mom and dad got saved. It, the, the mom got saved in the last hour. Mm. When I, I went to the hospital, for some reason, the lady just took to me. And um, she and, and her, and her the, you, you probably remember uh, that uh, the doctor uh, George and and his wife Louise they came here and visited. He used to sit back here and he would just sang away. Uh, he loved to sing. Well, um, I was I was I was visiting my grandmother. My grandmother was uh, on the verge of passing, and I was in the hospital. And and Louise, who was a, a nurse there. Her mother was in a hospital too. The father got saved under dad's ministry, come visiting, you know, and he got saved uh, under that under daddy's ministry. But the mother had a blockage, and, and Louise says, "You're the only one that you, that's going to be able to." And we, for some reason, we were able to lead her to the Lord. Well, that was that part of that family. 
and this was a, a, a young, the, the young, she certainly, she, no, she certainly did try, but, but who is going to be more, who's going to be more effective in you know, reaching a person like that, or reaching even to, to pray, to break the power of Satan, mm -hmm. than people that are in love with those people, right. and that will be motivated mm -hmm. by compassion for their soul. Yes. Yeah, it's so important. Yeah, I told a guy the other day, I says, you know, I've been putting up with you for years. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I'm being very direct, you know. Uh, I says, I've been putting up with you for years and, you know, your erroneous uh, worldview and everything for only one reason. And he said, what was that? I said, because I love your soul. Mm -hmm. I want to see you saved. Amen. Okay. And of course, I, I never saw anybody so fidgety at all. <laughs> yes. and, um, but it was a, it was the truth, and, and I spent time, valuable time, listening to all of his trash. Yeah. You know, uh, and I, you, I said, "You wonder why? Because I want to see you saved." Amen. And it, I hadn't even mentioned him, and I said, "I even mentioned you in a sermon one time." She says, you did. I said, yeah. I said, you made another one of your erroneous statements saying that you wished that you could have the faith that I have. And, and I told you, and, I, and, I, and, I, and that was, that's false because God would be unfair mm -hmm. if you could not have sufficient faith right. to receive him because the Bible says he's given everyone the, the everyone, the measure of faith. Amen. You know, and uh, he called me the next night. Like <laughs> yes. was it? Like, I guess I can't remember when I did it. But uh, uh, anyhow, so people, you gotta. We need to seek the Lord though mm -hmm. for that compassion. Yeah, we do. Yeah, it's not just a natural. You know, we yeah. do. We need to seek the Lord for that. Amen. Because yeah. it don't come. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. It yeah. just doesn't come. No, it doesn't. No, it, no, it doesn't. Like I said, you know, the, the love we have is, is Christ's love. So it's only, if we get more of God, we'll have more, more love. love. Right. Mm -hmm. We just need more of God. Yeah. Yes. yeah and, and going back to what Ellen said a while ago, mm -hmm. opening ourselves up to each other, so many people in the church bring their worldly view of what other people are going to do when they get to the church. That's why they keep their walls up. They bring, yeah. you know, they, they don't want this. anything exposed. They don't want... They have walls up because they have to have walls up at, at work. They have to have walls up at school. Yes. They have to put on their masks, you know, to, to make it look like they're okay. Mm -hmm. uh, and they don't realize that when you get into church, it's a different place. You can, mm -hmm. you don't have to be those things. You don't have to hide those things. Um, unfortunately, in some churches, you still do because other people will judge, will judge you. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and it just, it's, it's a whole breakdown. So that's why yeah, we need to actually true. be the church. That, that is true. That, yeah. is, that true. is true, brothers. Yeah. Because uh, you're afraid to, to to let it all hang out you because, yeah. you know, um, they'll use it as a weapon against you. They will. You. I mean, it's so they, they, sad. That's, and that's true. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and um, that's, it, the motivation should always be that when we see that there is a need or something, a weakness, uh, First of all, recognize we have our own weaknesses, right? Mm -hmm. And then, and then secondarily, have the compassion, that love for that person. Yeah. And uh, and I'll give as a as a as a as a for instance, some so, there's a, someone here has really not not in this room, but somebody in our in our family. They, they their children, of course. Our children, all of us got children. We no need to have a closer walk with the Lord, too. I know, and some that need saved. But when we, when when we can get into their, when we can sense their frustration and their, uh, you know, and their heart, then we can come alongside of them and agree for the salvation. We can really be motivated. We can. Mm -hmm really have compassion Amen. on on their on their situation right like you know they got unsaved kids i'm thinking of some someone not 
someone that their, their kids need salvation yes. right. desperately. Yes. Now they need salvation desperately. Itch, you know, some of them are over the edge, mm -hmm. and we need to pray that God will bring them back mm -hmm. in. Yeah, that's in right. the fold, you yeah. know, if they're or or save them if they've never been saved. We right. need to have a real compassion for them. We do. Yeah, and we need to show people that come into our church, visitors or people maybe that haven't been here in a while, that that we're willing to be that difference. You know, that that they don't have to have that fear. You know, we need to be able to break down those walls for people by showing love and, and compassion mm -hmm. and, you know, how we treat each other is how the world is going yeah. to view us. And, and people, wow. I tell you, mm -hmm. so, sometimes even sinners are more perceptive than believers. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They, <laughs> <laughs> they, they know what's, what's for real and what isn't for real. They know Amen. the phony balonies and the and the people that are for real. They do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> but you know what? There, there probably will always be somebody who will judge you. So, oh, yeah. so, so let them do it, right? It's, that has to be their problem. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. But as a whole, you know, as the church, we, we've got to show the love of Christ. We've mm -hmm. got to show compassion. Mm -hmm. We've got to be a people of prayer. Yes. That's so important. And uh, I think we're going to stop there for today. It's, mm -hmm. uh, but. Next week, we'll talk about what Paul's prayer actually was for them. He describes what it is that he prays for them. Uh, and that's, that's a very important thing, too. But, but any prayer that we pray just needs to be lifted to the Father on behalf of other Christians and, and the church as a whole. Um, all of us need prayer. Amen. And Paul even said, you know, pray for me, you know, that, that you know, I'll continue to have boldness and proclamation of the gospel. I can't, can, I can't imagine that he would need help with that. But he did. He he beckoned their prayers, you know. So, it's such well, I think we thing. can always be more bold. Oh yeah, yes. for sure. You know? I think we can always be be more bold, sure, more aggressive, and you know, not not aggressive to the point of wanting to, you know, to uh, alienate people. Right. You know? <laughs> but uh, again, I think people can see when you're for real. I think they can. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, sinners can tell. They can tell. You remember t Tony Perry, yes. you know, he's yes. always on the kind yeah. of fringes until the end. Yes. Uh, thank yes. God, thank God uh, yes. that he, Amen. you know, things changed. But uh, he, could, he could tell a phony immediately. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember years ago, he could always, <laughs> everybody else would be duped. But you couldn't, yeah. you couldn't dupe old Tony. Yeah. You know, he he, he, he he just had a sixth sense about him. Yeah, you know? Amen. <laughs> it was With such a heart. He had such a heart, too, for, you know, at, at the end of yeah, the Lord. Yeah, yeah. I, I had, uh, we never, we had never experienced anything like, I'd never experienced mm -hmm. anything. Were you, were you there when? At the hospital and I didn't go. You, didn't, you weren't at the house. Mm -hmm. It was, it was a phenomenal. Mm -hmm. We went to the house, and uh, uh, they had. Well, uh, he was.